the podcast from Belmont Chapel in Exeter, sharing the story, living the life. For more information, go to belmontchapel.org.uk. We are finishing our series in uh, the book of Jonah. We've done Jonah 1 on week 1, we did Jonah 2 on week 2, we did Jonah 3 on week 3, and today is week 4, so we're doing... Jonah 4. Some people are listening. That is fabulous. Um, So in a second, um, or in a few seconds, Jack is going to come and um, give us the story of Jonah 4. You saw it already as part of the video, um, and hopefully that's kind of set us up for what we're going to talk about um, today. But before Jack comes up, I wanted to just kind of start us to think about um, Jonah chapter 4. Um, This morning, I've been really challenged by Jonah chapter 4 this week as I've prepared, and my prayer is um, that God would really speak to us this morning um, through his word, through the conversations that we have together, through the thinking and reflection um, that we're going to do. And what what I'd love us to do is to think um, about this particular thing as Jack um, tells us the story. As you listen, I want you to think about this. What is Jonah's heart like? Now, I don't mean Jonah's like actual muscular organ that pumps blood around the body, although if you want to know about that, I did a sports science degree, so you can ask me later. Um, I'm talking about Jonah's, his spiritual heart. Um, When we, sometimes we talk about what our heart is like, we're not talking about our physical heart. We're talking about what, how we feel on the inside, the attitude that we have, or our motivations, um, or our character. And so when I say, what is Jonah's heart like, um, that's what I'm talking about this morning. So um, Jack's going to come up now and tell us the story. And um, as he comes up, I'm going to pray for us, because I think we can't pray enough when we're in church. Um, And I think, um, hopefully, God's going to really challenge us this morning, and I'm going to pray that that's the case. So, Father God, thank you for your word and for the story of Jonah. Thank you for all we've been encouraged and challenged by so far this summer. Would you open the doors of our heads and our hearts now so our attitude would be one of readiness, humility and openness to hear from you and be challenged and changed as we listen, discuss and respond today. Would you teach and equip us to be more like you, we pray. Amen. So here's here's the thing about about Jonah chapter 4. Jonah hated the people of Nineveh. He hated them so much that when God shows mercy to them and forgives them, Jonah is angry. That's what it says in verse 1 of chapter 4. To him, it seems wrong, and he gets mad at God about it. His heart is it's kind of like this. It's kind of all prickly on the inside. That's kind of how I, I'm quite a visual person. That's kind of how I imagine what Jonah's heart is like. It's all prickly on the inside. He cannot stand to see people he doesn't like not receive the judgment that he thinks that they deserve for getting stuff wrong, for being a wicked people. Now, all week I've been doing this impression, I know there are some people who are waiting for it, um, of Jonah, because it's the thing that really stands out to me, that jarred for me when I read this story, was the fact that Jonah turns to God, and in the most whingy voice that he can possibly put on, he says, God, I knew you were gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love and forgiving people. And, and you sit 
there and you think, but Jonah, the, those, those things are good things, right? They're, they're, they're God's character. By the way, that's how God describes himself in Exodus chapter 34. That should be the stuff about God that we celebrate. And Jonah's going, oh God, I, 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 I knew you'd be like that. I knew you'd be consistent in your character, being forgiving and kind and loving people. I'm so mad about it. And it, it feels really funny, doesn't it? Because it, it feels ridiculous. We sit there and go, how could, how could Jonah be like that? How could he think? How could he be angry at God about being who God is? And he's complaining about how wonderful God's character is because Jonah's decided, he's decided that these people don't deserve God's love. How dare God forgive them? And it does. It feels ridiculous. And it's supposed to, because that's what the, the story of Jonah um, is created to give us that irony of how Jonah behaves and how we think he should behave. That's the whole point, is it's meant, meant to feel like that. Jonah gets more excited about this little plant that God provides to give him some comfort than he does about God rescuing this entire city full of people who were going to be destroyed, and God shows them mercy. When, when we see all that God's done for Jonah and for the Israelite people before him, and by the way, Jonah is an Israelite, so actually he wouldn't even really exist if God wasn't gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love and forgiving people, because his people wouldn't exist if God hadn't been like that in the past. That's the very thing that he's now mad at God about. Um, it, it's, it feels really weird. And, and it makes us think, what is, what is Jonah doing? How can he think like that? Can't he see what God has done? That God uses that plant to try and reason with Jonah and go, look, you care about this plant, but what about all these people that are made in my image who I've just rescued and been merciful towards? And he tries to give Jonah another chance to see his perspective. And the story ends with this kind of like, we don't, we don't really know if Jonah ever ever gets it, kind of finishes with this question, like, Jonah, can't you, can't you be excited about this, these people, and by the way, all their, all their cows too, that repented? Why can't you, why can't you be excited about that? And it, it's, just, it's kind of just a bit weird. Um, and it's meant to feel like that, but, but here's the thing. Um, Tim Mackey from the Bible Project says that in Jonah we see the worst parts of our own character magnified. Ouch. Like when we, when we just think about what Jonah's, what Jonah's done, what his attitude was and, and how he's behaved um, towards those people and, and towards God. And the book of Jonah is like, is like holding up a mirror to, to who we are. It's like the extreme versions, um, this roller coaster that Jonah lives throughout the whole book you know, at the beginning, and he's got this kind of like, oh, no, I can't do that. I can't possibly do that. And he makes this ridiculous decision to run away from an ever-present God. And then he's sitting in the belly of the fish, and we're thinking, that's like, this is crazy. And God rescues him. And he goes to the city, and he's like, oh, you're going to be destroyed in a minute. Fine. Like the shortest sermon in the entire world. And then he goes up to the city, and he sits there and waits. And that, the, whole, the whole character that's almost like a comedy and this 
ridiculous irony of how Jonah behaves throughout this story. In Jonah, we see the worst parts of our own character magnified. And that, and that really challenged me um, this week. And, and that's kind of what I wanted to bring to us today, as, as awkward as it feels for me to say that from the stage now and look at all of your wonderful faces. Um, because I wonder, what, um, I wonder what your heart is like. I wonder if there's people who annoy you, who frustrate you, who you think of as enemies, people who you might say are wicked, like the Ninevites, that you genuinely can't stand it if life goes well for them, or you just don't really want to go near them or spend time with them. You actively avoid them because you think there's something wrong with them, there's a flaw in their character, or because you just don't, you just don't really like them. You know, that colleague in the office that you avoid having coffee time at the same time as because you don't want to see them. That, that person on the opposition football team who you just refuse to talk to because they've just beat you and you're really mad. I've experienced that. I play hockey. I understand. That person that um, just feels like really hard work in your life. You make excuses so you can't see them. Maybe even your partner who does something really nice for you and you're actually just really mad because they've made you look bad because they've been so nice. Or maybe there's someone who's making a decision that you don't agree with. This is, this is a tough one. Maybe there's a, a, a local, a national, or a world leader who you don't agree with. You think what they're doing is wrong, that they're wicked. How can we possibly think of loving them or forgiving them? So my message this morning is, is kind of really simple. Don't be like Jonah. Watch out that your heart doesn't get prickly. And, and bitter and grumpy like his. Because I think the thing about, particularly about like prickly weeds, um, l- like in that picture, is if you kind of just, just ignore them, they actually just grow. They actually just grow really fast. And then they're even more prickly. Um, but if you cut them out of the root, then they're gone. And they don't come back. Um, I think and there's a thing that's supposed to be, it's not, it's not like me just bringing kind of terrible news to you today. There is good news in this story. Um, the, good, the thing that's supposed to be good news in this story and the thing that's good news for us um, is that the story of Jonah points more and more to the rescuing God. The, the, the jarring difference between the way that Jonah behaves and the way that God behaves that, that shows us just how wonderfully gracious and merciful God is. Um, and Mackie goes on to say in this, in this quote, he says, In Jonah, we see the worst parts of our own character magnified, which should generate humility and gratitude that God should love his enemies and put up with the Jonah in all of us. The good news is this. God's love and mercy is wide. We can celebrate that till the cows come home. And in eternity, we literally will. 10,000 years and then forevermore as the song goes. But sometimes when there's people who get on our nerves every day, maybe at school on the playground, or maybe in the office at work, or maybe in our family, uh, or, or maybe at church, maybe in our sports club, or wherever else we spend our time, um, I think we can easily forget that God's love and mercy is for them too. That the, the God who is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love and forgiveness wants to be that for them as well. 
and he wants us to show them that same character. I think in society now, it's really easy for um, us to forget that, to turn our backs on people that don't agree with us, to, to kind of um, not want to not wanna be near people who don't align with our values or who don't support us and help us be who we want to be. But that's not how God's kingdom works. Jesus shows us what it meant to love people who get on our nerves, who question us, who don't back us all the time, who don't agree with us, who we consider as our enemies, however short-term or long-term that might be. And I've played hockey matches, and sometimes that is how it feels. <laughs> but Jesus, Jesus shows us how to behave for those people, to those people. Um, he, he, he goes ahead of us in that by dying for them. He shows us how much... He's, he's loving and gracious and merciful to us who don't deserve it. And so the same is true of all of those other people. Um, he leads the way for how to show us how to not be like Jonah. How to love our enemies instead. How to show them God's mercy and grace. Just like he does for Jonah as well as for the people of Nineveh in this story. And it's, and it's really hard I'm, I'm, I've been really challenged by this this week, and I'm still trying to work out how to do it in my life. Um, but I think the good news is that because Jesus has gone before us, he's, he's, he's given us his spirit to help us to do it. Um, and it's that, that same power that rose Jesus from the grave that lives in us. That same power of the God who is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love and forgiveness that can help us to be like that for other people. And so my kind, of, my kind of message for us today is, and maybe it sounds a bit tweet to kind of summarize it like this, but, but actually that's what, that's what it is. Don't be like Jonah, be like Jesus. And we're going to spend a little bit of time kind of thinking about that more and unpacking that. And, and, I, and I pray that God's going to speak to us as we talk together now and, and help us with this. Um, you've got some questions on your table, that I love it if you, if you want to talk about it. If you're not sitting at a table and you'd like to join in the conversation, feel free to come and join the table. The questions are also going to be on the screen, so you can talk about them wherever you're sitting. Um, we're going to have about 10 minutes to, uh, to sit and chat. You can talk about the questions on the table. If you'd like to just talk about whatever you've heard that might have prompted you, something else from Jonah that's prompted you uh, to think, um, Please don't talk about what you're having for lunch today. This is a chance for God's spirit to speak to us through, through each other. And so I'd really encourage you um, to, to talk about this. You can open the Bible and find chapter 4 of Jonah if you'd like, if that would help you to answer the questions. Then I'm going to come back up in about 10 minutes' time, and we're going to think about this whole series as a close and how we respond to it together. So um, go. You've already started, so that's great. Go. Go. <laughs>